Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All views of the world should unite by this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this uh, Saturday. (laughs) Almost thought we went to air on a Sunday, the 29th of October. You're listening to Giselle Hanna and Pierre Morrow. And of course, it's Asia Pacific Currents brought to you every week by Australia Asia Workerlings. And um, we're just um, remarking there was a really nice song that so that is breakfast. We've obviously done a very good show. Um, I did, but we're actually not too sure who it was. So apologies for that. But um, we really liked it. So um, yes. Um, all right. On um, and of course, if you want to get in touch with us, Giselle, what are those contact details? That's right. You can phone us on zero three nine double six three seven two double seven. We're on the web. All the w's dot Also, you can email us at aawl at aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so find us on those social media platforms as well. Coming up in the second part of the show, um, we're going to talk about a global day of action coming up on the 16th of November. This has become an annual event uh, on the AAWL calendar, but also with our partners internationally, a global day of action against trade union repression. So Pierre is the key organiser of that event here in Melbourne, and and I'm going to interview Pierre. (laughs) And don't worry, listeners, I've got all the hard questions lined up and ready to go. But of of course, first up, news from around the region. I am shaking in my boots. Uh, People don't see, so um, we shall go. But yes, I've got the first uh, item, and unfortunately, um, we go to Sri Lanka. It's not really um, all that good news. Um, At the end of the insurgency of the Tamil Tigers in the northern part of Sri Lanka in 2009, as many people would remember, uh, did not bring the peace dividend that both Tamils and Labour activists were hoping for. While the war has finished, large parts of the island are still militarised. This week, two Jaffna University students, Nadaraza Kajan and Pamvrujav Sulaksan, were shot dead by police um, at a checkpoint for allegedly not stopping. These killings have highlighted the ongoing injustices that many Tamils still face in Sri Lanka. Widespread protests were had in the following days to protest the ongoing police brutality. And moving now to Iran, earlier this month the Appeals Court of Tehran confirmed the six-year sentence against a General Secretary of the Iranian Teachers Trade Association, Esmail Abdi. Teachers in Iran staged massive protests in 2015 for better paying conditions and against a deplorable state of public education in Iran. Ismail was targeted for oppression as an example to other workers. He's not the only trade union leader in jail and this month, Jafar Azimzadeh, chairman of the Free Union of the Iranian Workers and Shapur Ehsanarad, were also given long prison sentences. Organising is not a crime. And uh, if my memory serves me correct, the, the last two you mentioned actually got 12 years. That's a um, devastating blow. Uh, but that's part of what we're going to talk about in the second half. That's right. That's yes. right. 
Um, we can now go really to the wars that are happening in our region um, that really are continuing to devastate our working class communities. The continuing wars in Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq and Yemen are having a devastating effect on on the workers of these countries. Whether it is hospitals in Afghanistan or Syria being bombed or funerals in Yemen or market areas in Baghdad, the results are hundreds of dead at the hands of one of the various imperialist or reactionary groups that are involved in these wars. The brutality of these ongoing conflicts then contributes to the rise of new reactionary actors, which only offer more bloodshed to workers. It is only by recognising the working class resistant movements of the region can a just and a lasting peace be built. International solidarity by labour activists and organisations also needs to be based on this class principle as well. And we are in the um, anniversary year of the vote against conscription and I think sometimes it's important to remember that war actually is a workers' issue and we can and should fight it as workers. Moving now to China, a massive explosion earlier this week killed 14 people and injured another 147 in the town of Jinmin in Zhangji province. It also destroyed a number of buildings in a working-class residential neighbourhood. The cause of the explosion is thought to be due to illegally stored chemicals for use in any one of the many coal mines that exist in the province. Unfortunately, such massive industrial actions, uh, accidents are not rare in China, due to widespread corruption and the suppression of independent trade unions. In fact, China's um, coal mines are probably the most dangerous in the world given the number of explosions, the number of workers in there and the number of fatalities. Yes, and it's interesting um, looking at some of these um, so-called accidents is that um, they, they just sort of come up um, and then you uh, often in the report they said, oh, this is not actually the first and it links to another one. You go, oh, I didn't even know about that major Accident. It, it's quite scary, really, for a lot of workers in China. We go to um, next door, really, to South Korea, where the battle again against the Samsung continues in South Korea. The protest camp outside the headquarters of the giant Samsung Corporation in Seoul, South Korea, has now reached its first year. This sitting run by a group of labour activists who have campaigned relentlessly to bring justice to the many workers and their families who have been injured or killed at Samsung workplaces due to the company's relentless drive for profits. The company has historically been viciously anti-union with new documents showing that this practice is still encouraged by management. An international campaign is also underway to pressure Samsung to allow trade unions while further protests in South Korea continue. And, and really, Giselle, I mean, these people have been one year camped outside the um, headquarters of Samsung. It's, um, you've got to sort of take your hat off off them, but it's bloody hard work. And I know sometimes when we talk about what's happening on the other side of the world, we don't really connect with it directly. But what these workers are actually protesting is a practice by Samsung that is so detrimental to people's health. In excess of 50 to 100 workers have acquired a brain injury, brain tumours, because of the chemicals that are used in manufacturing Samsung mobile phones that are in 
so many people's pockets across the world. Samsung is the same company that everybody is praising for their quick response to the exploding phones by having outposts in all of the airports and swapping phones on the spot. Yeah, so they're going to respond to that in relation to their customers. And for me, it really does emphasize that we're not consumer boycotts because that that is not where our power is. Our power really is in fighting as workers. I think that's a that's a really good point and I think that's that's excellent what you've just said because it just shows that the company is very happy to recall literally millions of phones and put people but allowing unions in its workplaces. Ooh, it's a step too far. <laughs> Um, looking at more at um, the issue of precarious work, as in many other countries of the world, Australian workers are also seeing companies using flexible working arrangements like casualisation, subcontracting, zero-hour contracts and short-term visas to undermine wages and conditions. A major report by an employment regulation agency, so that's Fair Work Australia, it, that's that's who that report uh, is. Yeah, yeah, I think Fair Work Corp... Um, uh, I don't think it's Fair Work Australia anymore, but it's Fair Work something, yes. And a major union confederation, which is Unions New South Wales, both exposed how widespread these practices are. The practice is so widespread that global labour hire companies are now using these tactics as part of their global spread. At an individual level, such precarious working existence can have disastrous consequences for workers. And again, only by organising into independent unions can workers fight this assault. But really what these practices are doing is breaking down the cohesion in the workplace as an anti-organising mechanism. That's what flexible work, that's what the casualisation is all about. Don't, and in some parts of the world, the rights of casual workers and others is very, very different. So there are real divisions in those workplaces. We need to, we need to find a way as an international working class to overcome this strategy by capitalism. That's right, and I think um, if you um, uh, click on one of those links, that that company, that global company that uses that, it's actually for charities. And uh, the interesting thing is not that the company exists, and and uh, you know, I don't have much faith on, on you know in charities about their um, industrial um, um, competency. Um, but the question is that this company now uses this outsourcing subcontracting method globally and it actually um, uses workers and it actually transport workers around the world um, because you know charity collecting is done in many countries and again it just shows how how companies have really adapted to to the globalized world and have seen oh yeah you know I can I can do this it can works there it works there and I'll, and I'll just move the workers around while we for whatever reason, still to be stuck very much in the local and and not really see this as yeah a it global is, fight yeah 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 and you know we're all very happy to say it's really hard but unless you actually start to look at it then you'll never get there <laughs> like I think what's that song um every journey starts with a small step anyway I've uh, stuffed that up yes don't keep yeah. going Pierre <laughs> yeah all right I will keep going second last um. Item. Um, unfortunately, the, um, there's another uh, protest by the far right in Melbourne. The, as listeners would know, the far right in Australia has grown considerably over the last two years with the creation of a number of new groups, as well as the elections of representatives of the One Nation Party in the Parliament of Australia. Uh, 
These far-right movements have grown on the back of the ongoing war on terror and the demonization of Muslims and refugees. They are now trying to copy the tactics of similar fascist uh, outfits in Europe and are targeting an aged care centre in uh, Eltham as this um, centre will actually um, house some refugees. I think there's only about 50 <coughs> being housed, or it's a small number. Anyway, they, they are, they're organising protests out there and the local community has called a counter-protest for the morning of Saturday the 5th of November. And if you want more details, they'll be up on our website on um, on Sunday or otherwise you can go on Facebook at the Darmanyara Valley Resistance Solidarity Group and you'll see the, um, the details. And if um, there are still people out there that need to be convinced that this is a fight that we need to have and that these fascists are coming after us as workers, um, if you uh, the videos have been circulated far and wide on social media but they actually entered that aged care facility and terrorised the workers um, about the fact that Syrian refugees were coming into that facility and how dare they allow Syrian refugees in and undermine their duty of care to the aged residents in that facility. So we are we're getting into very um, serious times in, in relation to the level of organisation of those far right wing fascists. It is going to be hard for people to defend and support refugees for threat of violence. That is, that, that's where we're getting to on this. Mm-hmm. And finally, our news item, which uh, leads into our feature interview for this morning, is. Um, the Global Day of Action Against Trade Union Repression. The power of workers at their workplace comes from the ability to organise independently, to discuss issues and take action to achieve better conditions and wages. All around the world, companies try to harass, divide and suppress any genuine workers' organisations. Governments, for their part, provide the legal framework and police powers to stop workers organising. That's why many of us are raped, beaten, arrested or murdered. Join with your fellow sisters and brothers on the Global Day of Action on the 16th of November to call for an end to repression against unionists. And we're going to post details of the event on our uh, Facebook and on our website, so check it out, but we'll also announce it uh, with the details in just a moment. It is 15 minutes past 9 o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. Going to go to some community announcements and then I'll interview Pierre. I look forward to it. Freedom and safety are two of the most important values shared by our community. As the largest independent human rights organisation for refugees and people seeking asylum in Australia, the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre delivers more services on the ground and more free hours of support to where it's needed most. A donation of $20 to the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre provides two weeks of food for a family over the holiday season. Please donate now at asrc.org.au or call 1300-DONATE. The Asylum Seeker Resource Centre is a proud 3CR supporter. Radical Radio includes radical music. Music Matters continues its tradition every Friday by promoting and supporting live, independent Australian music. In November, Music Matters will be three years young and we'd love you to join us in celebrating our birthday and 40 years of 3CR with a fundraising event at Bella Union on the corner of Victoria and Ligon Streets, Carlton 
on Thursday, 3rd of November. On the night, you will hear a selection of exclusive 3CR Music Matters studio recordings. Live performances will include the debut of Raya Park. Kate Skinner as Ralph River. And conclude with the total art music dance package that is Masco Sound System. Have a night out with your friends and the 3CR community. Lock in 3rd of November from 7pm. When we'll see you upstairs in Trades Hall at Bella Union with, with your, your dancing, dancing shoes on. Seventeen minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio Three CR. Pierre, Global Day of Action Against Trade Union Repression. So, firstly, we should let listeners know what. So, we've been having this event for four. Is this the fourth year? Third year. Um, the and and it's on the sixteenth of November every year. What's the significance of that date to begin with? The um, the significance of that date, obviously, with any global day of action, you you try to select a date first of all where there's no other um, event that's been scheduled uh, on, and uh, sometimes that's difficult. But the sixteenth of November came from our partners in the Philippines, and they said that about, I think, 13 years ago, um, there was a group of farm workers that were protesting a long-term protest at a um, farm called Hacienda Luzita, um, which I think was uh, connected to the family of the then president of the Philippines, but I can't quite remember. Anyway, they'd been going for a long time. Uh, the military moved in and there was a massacre. Uh, a number of scores of uh, workers were killed and injured. And so they um, proposed that one, and it was uh, seen as a very good date uh, to have. And uh, I believe that uh, justice uh, still has to be had for those uh, killings. Um, so the the Global Day of Action commemorates the um, massacre at Hacienda Luisita and of course that at the time was a part of a broader campaign that we worked with our um, Filipino comrades in relation to Stop the Killings, a situation in the Philippines where trade unionists, activists, dissidents were targeted by um, the Arroyo government. Um, we have a different government in the Philippines now, Duetra or Dutetra, du- however du- you du- want to pronounce it and all of a sudden, we've seen these killing gangs back on the streets targeting trade unionists. I feel like we're going backwards in this campaign. Um, you basically just called me a failure on uh, on uh, on. I air. did, I did. <laughs> yes, you've not yet liberated the workers of the world, Pierre. You are a failure. Um, yeah, look, I mean, you, you can't actually. Um, it's hard to even describe what's been happening in the Philippines over the last three and a half months. Um, the, the 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 rise of these death squads and and really the, you know, probably not even in the in the era of Marcos, in the worst time of the Marcos dictatorship, were there thirty killings per day, day in, day out. I cannot. I mean, someone with the history of Philippines of much better um, uh, knowledge would be able to tell. But I can't. In, in in my memory, I can't see that a time that has been so bad in the Philippines. And of course, it's been cloaked in a war on drugs um, thing. But it's targeting working class communities. And the worst of all, well, not the fact that apart from all these killings, is that it's totally restarted a whole. Um, network of death squads and it will just be better a matter of time 
before quite clearly, well, no, some Labor organisers have already been kidnapped and killed. I think in Australia we can get a little bit complacent about um, the space we've got to organise, despite that space being consistently and systematically closed down over a number of years. And I know many on the far left lament that trade unions in Australia aren't fighting more or opposing the fines or anything like that. Yet, at the same time, that same far left is remarkably silent on the charges against the leaders of the CFMEU, John Shetka, Sean Reardon, who, mind you, those charges haven't been dropped yet, and there could very well be a campaign to fight for that, but I haven't seen it as strongly, certainly not from the critical quarters. No, look, I, I can't uh, really answer that or, or as to why that is that is happening or that is not happening. But I would um, uh, certainly agree with you, especially with your early comments about that here in Australia, um, we we sort of thinking that we are separate, that we are we couldn't go down that that way. That other, and certainly the what's happening in the Philippines, it's a really like. Um, um, it's a real radical uh, what's happening and, and quite far out. But in terms of unionists being jailed uh, or being uh, fined, I mean, that's happening all over the world. And it really only takes a little bit for governments and companies to say, oh, yes, we've broken the back. And, uh, you know, people are now thinking, oh, yes, it's all right for unions to go to jail. It's not such a big thing or, or you know, or whatever for the rot to really set in. And then basically what happens, it's a climate of fear sets in. And also I think then the question that rises up is, what do you do once the laws are against you? Um, you know, and I think this is, is what the, um, the trade union movement all around the world is struggling about is um, because we have a number of, uh, I mean, you know, I'm thinking, say, uh, Han Sang-kyun in, in South Korea, he's been just been given five years jail for literally for organising demonstration and stopping traffic. That's what his uh, main crime was. Um, and there is a campaign. I mean, there's lots of strikes in South Korea, but he's still in. And then you go to an even more uh, extreme case to India, where it's a very little-known case. I mean, we've covered it a couple of times here of the pre-call eight, um, where they, they, these a uh, pre-call is a um, manufacturing company in the southern um, uh, area of Tamil Nadu, and these workers, these eight workers, um, have been given double life sentences. So not just one. They've been given two life sentences, all eight of them, because um, at one point there was a, in the factory, there was a riot or there was an event, there was violent, and one manager died. Um, it's still a bit unclear exactly who was involved or whatever, but these eight workers, who happened to be some of the major labour activists involved in the dispute, just by coincidence, I would say, um, have been given a double life sentence for quite clearly uh, an attempt to destroy the workers' movement there. So this is why, and tell me if I'm going too long, Giselle, um, why we need this Global Day of Action Against Trade Union Repression, which um, a number of uh, 
other um, labour organisation have certainly uh, worked with us. And, of course, there's our Iranian comrades as well that we mentioned in, um, in, the, in the news uh, section at the start of the program. I want to get to Iran in a moment, but right. firstly, I want to pick up, you were talking about the legal framework. And in that sense, I mean, <clears throat> protesting for the right to protest seems weird or organising for the right to organise seems weird. Why not just take up that space? Who cares what the law says? Why not just do what there is to do and actually centre the the other demands? Centre the right for health and safety at work. Centre the right for um, more of a share of the profits of our labour. Fight for that and, and keep pushing in that direction. Why the right, which in reality means laws? You mean why don't we just take the right? Just take it, yeah. Uh, yes, I, I think that's a very good point and I would totally agree with that. And I think um, in the end it comes down to power. Uh, and power on the street. In other words, if you look at, um, um, you know, take Han, Han Sang-kyun, where he was arrested uh, months later and um, thousands of police um, were actually surrounded where he was hiding. Um, if you go and look at, say, the Maruti Suzuki uh, in India, the, the struggle, there were thousands of workers and thousands of police and thugs um, descended on him. So the the question what the question that you've raised is really really important that you sort of think in the end it comes down can you actually defend your protest demonstration occupation picket line um, and if I can go back in history not that I was around there um, but certainly um, looking at say the history. Um, in, a lot of time people don't think about the history of the US labor movement, but in the 30s, 40s, the 20s, the 50s, there were massive strikes there. And yes, they had to defend themselves with literally by fighting on the streets. Um, and that's what in the end it's all about. It's all about power. You can We can dress it up however we want it, but that's sometimes because the state and the, and the capitalists have got a lot of power. So, Iran, we must talk about Iran in the closing minutes because, um, I mean, the situ- we talk about the situation being dire in so many parts of the world, but basically trade unionists are arrested, taken to prison, and they die there. It is a death sentence. They're languishing on whatever legal framework you want to call it, on remand or whatever. They're, they're, there's no real process, and they die in jail. Yeah, look, look... It, it's really bad what you've just said. I totally agree in, with what's happening. But at the same time, I'm totally in awe of what they can do and what they're doing. In other words, yes, when they go out in the streets, they've got literally no legal protection. They've got no political protection. Um, and they're literally taking their life on in their, in their hands, but they still do it. And all independent unions are um, uh, forbidden there but they are still organising and they still are groups and they're still organising. So it, it, it shows how difficult it is. And not only that, if you actually read the statements, I don't know whether it's their history or, their, or because the, the, the battle is so tough, they are very clear in what they say and very clear who the enemy is and why they're organising. It's like not much bullshit goes on in what they say. <laughs> 
So, uh, you know, do you, in the closing minutes of the program, Pierre, do you want to give out the details yep. of the Global Day of Action? Yep, so, certainly. So it's Wednesday the 16th of November. So all around the world, uh, labour activists will be marking this day. But here in Melbourne, it will be at half past five on Wednesday the 16th of November at the Eight Hour Monument, which is the corner of Ligon and Victoria Street opposite Trades Hall. So see you there. And following the event, comrades, we're going to post you um, details and pictures of the other events around the world. But that is all we have time for on Asia Pacific Currents this morning. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Saturday from nine o'clock. Coming up next is Palestine Remembered. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Mora. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.